0: Bible take it to 1 Samuel chapter number 3, 1 Samuel chapter number 3, talking about the calling of Samuel. Uh, The Lord spoke specifically to Samuel, and so we look tonight at the call of Samuel, and uh, last week we talked about when, when did it take place. Anybody need an outline? I've got a few, uh, just a handful left, so I don't know if anybody... Nope, that's not that's not. I only have two left. So oh, two? Yeah. it is the same as last week. So last week too. This is uh, last week. Do that. you need this? Do you need anybody else need one? No one else needs it, so oh, okay. <laughs> I uh I didn't realize I was out. So uh <clears throat> Anyways, we talked about when. When did it take place? It took place when Samuel was young. It took place during a dark time. It took place uh, when it was dark time naturally. When it was a dark time spiritually, it was. Uh, it turned. It was. It was a time when there was a rejection of the light, and because there was a rejection of the light, there was hardly no light. It took place when Eli was old. Bible tells us that in chapter number five, four, that he was old and life was coming to an end. And his walk, his spiritual walk with the Lord was just about to be over. Uh, and Israel desperately needed a man of God. And many churches are full of, uh, many churches are, are, I'm sorry, our country is full of churches that need a man of God to preach the Word of God unashamedly, without hesitation, and uh, you know as a preacher, i cannot um, i, I can 't withhold, and withholding is is wrong you say what are you withholding i 'm talking about the word of god i cannot I cannot hold back what 's supposed to be preached. Bible says even even the the talking about the Scripture, the Bible says not to muzzle the ox, not to muzzle the person that's preaching. And uh, look, the Bible's the Bible. And uh, we've got to preach the Word unashamedly. Now, there are some things in the Bible that we've got to understand. And uh, sin is sin, and wrong is wrong, and it will always be that way. It hasn't changed, and it won't ever change. And uh, that's the thing about it is the Bible is always right. And uh, we've always got to stand true on that Word of God. Whether the world is light or whether the world is desperately wicked, whatever's going on, we still have to stand true to this book right here. This is the blessed old book that we've got to stand true to. So first of all, we look, when? When did this calling take place, but how? How did this calling take place? take place. Now, let's read together in, in 1 Samuel chapter number 3 and verse number 5, and we'll read all the way down to verse number 10. Bible says, and he ran unto Eli and said, here am I, for thou calledest me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lied down. Let's back up, okay, so we, so we understand what's taking place. Look in verse number 4, okay? The, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, here am I. And verse number five is the verse five that we just read. And the Lord called yet again Samuel, and Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, "Here am I, for thou didst call me." And he answered, "I called not my son. Lie down again." Now Samuel did not know yet, did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. Now, if you will go back with me. The Bible says in verse number one, and the child of Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. So what was this taking place? It wasn't that Samuel uh, had no idea who God was, but it wasn't that he was taught to know exactly how God worked and how God talked. Uh Samuel wasn't like the men of Eli. The Bible says that, or the sons of Eli, sorry, the Bible says that Eli's sons didn't know God. This is a completely different thing. Eli's sons knew who God was and didn't know God. Samuel was learning, was trying to learn about God, and so he did not know yet the Lord. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense to us. He was learning about the Lord, and so he did, it was not yet revealed unto him, because there was no open vision. So God had not had an open vision to Samuel because Samuel was of a young age, but then also because of the oppression that was taking place in the house of God. Because the, the light of the gospel and the light of the word of God was not being allowed to be preached, <clears throat> Samuel, I, that word of God had not been revealed to him. His no different than what takes place in our country and different countries. If, they, if you take a child and you, and you put them in an environment where God is not there, it's very rare if they will find God. There is a possibility they might would find God. That God might reveal themselves to them. Okay, does that make sense? And so Eli's son, Eli, had raised Samuel in an environment that God was not there. God was not present with Samuel. God was not not leading Samuel. God was not directing uh, Eli. I'm sorry. He was not directing Eli. And because God wasn't directing Eli, because Eli didn't care what God said, Eli could care less if God's word was preached or not, or care less about making sure that God's word was being done. And so because of that, the child reaped the benefit of that. And that benefit was that he didn't know the word of God. And the word of God had not been revealed to him yet. That makes sense? Makes sense. Are you? Yes, sir. All right. Anybody have any questions, thoughts before we move forward with anybody? Anybody have a question about that? Well, that, that was the reason why he thought Eli was called, because he had right. uh, right. uh he he was still learning about God. Right. Mm-hmm. He thought Eli was trying to call him and God, if he knew about God, he knew. Him. He that because he hadn't recognized God's voice. If, let me ask you this. Growing up, when you had your kids, they're growing up, did they recognize your voice? Sure. Daddy's coming or mama's coming. They knew yeah. who you was, right? Yeah. I mean, they knew. When you speak, you know. Does your wife know when you speak? Oh, yeah. She better, <laughs> right? Yeah. woman. Oh, it's the other way around. You better know when your wife speaks, buddy. I mean, huh? I'm talking to you, son. I better stop. I better shut my mouth. Look, but you know, you know her voice, you know his voice. And you you can recognize it in a moment. And the reason Eli, the reason Samuel didn't know the voice of God, because he hadn't heard the voice of God. And isn't it a shame? There was Eli, old in his age, had been priest for multiple years, had been judge for multiple years, and he was laying in the bed, and he had no idea that God was calling him. Isn't it a shame that he had grown so far away from God, he had no idea that God was calling him? Boy, that's a scary place to be. Boy, oh boy, I don't want to get to that place. Mm. Mm. Verse number 8. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the child had been called by God. Finally, after the third time, Oh, wait a minute, maybe it's God speaking to you, son. Verse number 9. Then Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be if he call thee that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord! For thy servant heareth. For so Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, "Speak, for thy servant heareth." Boy, what a what what words to speak! What great words to speak to the Lord! Speak, your servant's hearing. Hmm. I think of a couple of different things on this how. How did God call him? I I see that how how God called him, uh, or I kind of, if you will, maybe this may not be the right words to say, but how God called him is God spoke to him, but who did he speak to? He spoke to a servant. If you'll notice that when God spoke to Samuel in verse in these verses, in verse number 5, verse number 6, verse number 7, the moment that Samuel was called, Samuel's laying in bed, Samuel's fast asleep, laying in bed, and the moment he hears Samuel, he jumps out of bed and runs to Eli's side and says, Hey, what do you need? I'm here. Do you know why he was that way? Because he was a servant to his master. You know, at, you know when you raise kids and you've got that baby and that baby is hollering in the next door and they're crying in the middle of the night, you know, some heavy sleepers, they don't hear. But a lot of times a mama will hear that baby crying and immediately jump out and go, right? And sometimes the dad too, but ultimately, sometimes you hear that and you respond. If you heard a cry out in the middle of the night in your house, some of you might would get scared, okay? Because you don't have kids, if you don't have kids living with you. But I've got a child living in my house. I have four children living in my house. And if I hear in the middle of the night a cry out for help, I'm going to jump out of my bed going. Samuel heard, Samuel, and he jumped out of bed and his feet hit the ground and he took off running to Eli and signed because Eli needed him because Eli was old. Eli was on his death. He was close to being dead and he knew he needed to take care of Eli. Man, what a servant. What a servant Samuel was. I see that God called him because of his servitude. I see that God called him because he was just willing to just serve. I mean, what, what, a, what a great attitude. A lot of times we think, well, that's above me, or I, I can't do that, or I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Think about what Samuel did for Eli. There he was, Samuel. Samuel was Eli's servant, if you will. He made sure that Eli could get up and made sure that Eli was taken care of and made sure that Eli was, I don't know, combed his hair and brushed his teeth and made sure he had clothes on and made sure that his feet was good and made sure he had his shoes on and made sure all those things were taken care of for the man of God. And he just wanted to serve God. He jumped out of bed and went running in there. He said, go lay back down. I'm fine. And he goes back to sleep. Second time, he jumps up out of bed and runs to Samuel, Eli's side and said, oh, what do you need? He said, go back to bed. Man, that second time, you'd be, like, you'd be a little bit slower to get out of the bed, wouldn't you? <laughs> if you got up at all. Then that third time came. Man, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like deep down inside, man, I might even be irritated. Third time in, the, in a couple minutes, here I am going down the hallway. Let's go see what he needs. He's calling me and not telling me what he needs. He goes to the room and Samuel Eli says, But you know what I think? Maybe it's God. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> <I> don't know <laughs> And I just see the the willingness of Samuel. Jump up and go. Serve God. Serve God. All right, I'll serve you. Ask questions later. Is that how we do it? All right, I need to know the details. I need to know the when, the how, the what, the uh, who's gonna be there, who's not gonna be there, and then let's see if I serve you. What's in it for me? Yeah, Oh, What? What? What do I get for doing that? What's my compensation? Huh? Uh, Do we not treat serving God like that sometimes? But is that how we ought to treat serving God? Man, it happens. It happens. You know, that's that... That's that fine line where we have trouble with our motives. Like, why do we do what we do? You know, if, if truly, if, whether I got a paycheck or whether I didn't get a paycheck, it wouldn't change one thing that I did for the church. Right? It should. You're right. Where's my motive? Well, I'm getting a check i got to make sure I hit those buttons over there. That paycheck shouldn't determine what I do for God. Amen, that's right. Right. And so whether the money is there or whether the money is not there, it doesn't determine how much I serve God. Because I'm not serving God for the money. And if we serve God for money, man, we're, that's... Man... That's not the right motive. So, so that's right. And you can throw whatever motive in there, whatever you want. What happens to a lot of preachers is they get after that money and then that becomes the number one thing. That, that, that's the drive. That's why they do what they do, why they go, where they go. That's why they preach, where they preach and all that. Go down that line. Happens to preachers, but it happens to church members too. Well, I ain't gonna do that because I ain't gonna be compensated for that. Because I know down the road, man, they're paying a couple bucks to do that. They ain't paying nothing down there. You just want us to serve God without any compensation. Where's our compensation? It's in heaven. Well, I need it now. Well, here's the deal. You get it now. You'll get it now. And when you get to heaven, you won't have it. Because if you serve God for the monetary, or you serve God for what you can get right now, you'll get it. That'll be your reward. But then, when you get to heaven, you won't have the reward because you've already got your reward on earth. You know, all those little things that you do, all those little things that no one knows about—you know, the, the the things and the way that you serve God and the way that you do it, man—that what what the what we get for it ought to be secondary. And I know sometimes it's hard to get that out of our mind too. Maybe, maybe you're more spiritual than me, but sometimes it's hard to get that out of our mind. And it's not about that. It's not about that. It's about serving God. It's about loving God. It's about doing what God wants beyond anything else. And that's what Samuel was. Samuel jumped out of bed. He went to go serve Eli. Oh, man, I got to get up and take him to the bathroom right He's an old man. he's got to go up and go to the bathroom a bunch of times in the middle of the night. i'm sorry i I, I didn't mean to be insulting. i didn't please i I wasn't trying to be insulting by saying that. please don't think that but i i just using it as an example I mean he was whatever he was serving he was serving Eli, you know. Don't laugh at me. I I wasn't trying to be (laughs) insulting at all. (laughs) I better move on. I got to move on to the next thing here. I'll hide. God calls. All right, hey, hey, quit conspiring over there against me. But uh, stop it right now. God calls the qualified person. God's not going to call someone that's not qualified. But God, he, but you say, well, I, you know, I don't feel like I'm qualified. I don't feel like I'm doing that. God calls someone who's proven themselves. God's not going to call someone who's not proven themselves. God called Samuel because Samuel was true to what he had. That's why the Bible says in the New Testament, he says, you be faithful over little things and I'll make you ruler over many things. Look, if you're not going to be faithful over a few things, you're not going to be faithful over a hundred things. If you're not going to be faithful with five or six or three or four or whatever it is that God's given you, you're not going to be faithful with 100. That's what the Bible's teaching. That's what the Bible principle is in the New Testament. That's what we see here. God came to Samuel because Samuel was already doing what he should have been doing. And he was serving God by serving Eli. God called him. But I will say this too, that when God called him, God called him and he was qualified, but God equips the person who he calls. Man, I, I don't know that I can do that job. Well, God? If God's called you for it, he'll equip you for it. Well, I don't know that I can teach a Sunday school class. Well, God will equip you for it. I don't know that I can, I can go out and do that. I, well, God will equip you to be able to do that. Whatever it is, put it on the list. Whatever it is, God can equip you to do what he's called you to do. When God called Samuel, he called him four times. God called Samuel one, two, three, before he responded to God. How many times in our life do we not respond on the first time when God calls? We all look at him and say, man, oh man, look at this guy. He didn't even know God was calling him. But how many times has God called you to quit doing something and you won't stop? Well, yeah, it's not that big of a deal, you know. Well, just right. Or God has called you to do something and you won't do it, right? But none of us are ever like that, are we? In my mind, immediately goes to the story of Jonah. And we look at Jonah, man, that wicked old sinner. What did he do? He didn't want to teach. He didn't want to do what God asked him to do. God asked him to go preach to a bunch of heathens. Right? God asked him to go down there and preach to the Ninevites. And those Ninevites were heathens, they were people skinning heathens, they were horrible people. You want me to go down there and preach? I ain't doing it. So he jumps on a boat and goes the other direction. Nineveh is a landlocked area. He's not getting to Nineveh. But God has other plans because what God asked him to do is what God asked him to do. So if God calls you today to do it in a month or two months or a year from now, God's call is, the Bible says, the call of God is without repentance. What does that mean? God's mind didn't change. God's mind didn't change. With Jonah, Jonah got in that, Jonah got in that boat. He thought he'd go sailing away, and God said, No. He said, Hey! Hey, fish, come here. Go swallow him. You want me to swallow who? And he goes and, he, and Jonah gets pushed out the boat or jumps out the boat, whatever you want to say. And that whale comes and swallows him up a hole and he's in the belly of the whale, the Bible says. And he's down there and God says, hey, would you like to go to Nineveh now? <laughs> yeah, I think I will. <laughs> well, God said, okay, bud, he's ready to go to Nineveh. So he gives that fish an upset stomach so he'll come to the top of the water and spit him out. Jonah hit that ground and he took off running, never looked back. Now, I would hate to know that that's what it took for me to listen to God. Don't let that be the only way that you'll listen. God has to put you in the belly of the well before you listen to the Lord. No, I ain't doing it. I'll just go this way and God won't. If I go this way, God won't call me. (laughs) Hmm? Important to listen to the call of war. Anybody have any thoughts or questions about that? Responding to the call. Anyway, Okay. You guys are awful quiet tonight. You guys all right? All right. I made him mad, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> 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 oh, I didn't mean to hurt your toe. Oh, well, <laughs> hey, look in verse number 10. The Bible says, The Lord came and stood and called it as other times. Look, look what the Bible says. And the Lord came and stood. Where was he standing? Boy, it kind of gives me goosebumps a little bit. To think about that. Samuel's laying in the bed. And the Lord came and stood. Where did he stand? I don't know, in the doorway. And he stood. Maybe he stood right beside his bed. I'm about Samuel. Sir? About me. Oh, man. What a glorious sight that must have been. Amen. He said, Samuel! Samuel! <laughs> you know how many times God did that with people? He did it to Moses. Yeah. Twice. Moses, Moses! He did it to Paul. Well, Saul. Saul, Saul! Saul! Get his attention. Samuel, Samuel. I don't know if he spoke it loud. I don't know if he just, Samuel, Samuel. And I love, I love the response of Samuel. Look in verse, look at that verse 10. He says, then Samuel answered, speak for thy servant heareth. I'm here. What do you need? What do you need? How did God call him? the Lord himself stood in that room, in that vicinity, wherever he was. And he said, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel's response was, speak. I hear you. How many times does God call us and we're like, wait, just a second. But Samuel's response was, I hear you. Let me listen. Listen. Let me listen. Too many times as Christians, we don't have that response. Too many times we, ah, God's not speaking to me. <laughs> but when God speaks, what is our, what is our reply? Speak. What uh, I'm sorry. What should our reply be? Speak. I need to hear you. What do, you, what do you want me to do? One of the things, when, with, with my children, I, I don't like to say things more than once. I don't know if you ever did or how you did with your children, but when I, when I, when I tell my children to do something, I like them to do what I've asked them to do without me saying, hey, get that toy, uh, get that toy, hey, get that toy. Right? Did you try to do that same thing with your kids? So I'm not perfect at that, neither are my children. But when God spoke, Samuel said, okay, I hear. And the reason children don't respond when you've asked them to do that is because they're not listening. The reason we don't respond to God when He speaks to us because we're not listening because we don't want to listen whether it is we've got our spiritual earplugs in or whether it is we're standing here going like this not physically because we wouldn't want anybody to know in the church that we'd ever close our ears to the Holy Spirit but have you ever ignored him I have I have but our hope That we really take this moment tonight to look at ourselves and ask ourselves when God speaks, and He does, and if He's not speaking again, we need to readdress that, whether it's you need to get saved or you need to draw closer to the Lord. But when God speaks, ask yourself this right here Am I listening? When God speaks, do I listen? When God calls, will I answer? All right. Um, this is, I think that's just about everything that I had written down here. Anybody have any thoughts or questions before we close for prayer? Any questions about something that was said? No? Oh I guess my thank you is thinking back to Hannah and I, you know, she was strong Christian, was right. a strong, godly person, but Eli wasn't teaching. I mean, we're, now, Elkanah, her husband, he, he, they all came once a month, it says, to give sacrifices at the temple, or where Eli was, right. and they came from their home there. And I'm, my wonderment is, where does Hananiah receive such a uh, belief in God that, that made her give up her son once he was born? Now, she knew who to go to. Yeah. But where was she receiving the Word from? Did they, have, they didn't have Bibles like we Right, know. right. And they didn't have a cell phone for the neighbors. You know, just It wasn't like she had a Bible like we have and she was reading it and she was engrothed in it, because even at that point in First Samuel during this time period there wasn't a whole bunch of books of the Bible even written at that point. And so even even with all that, so she had to have had a mama, a grandma that ingrained in her. Or I say mama, a grandma. I mean, it could have been a dad or a grandpa as well, but truly, somebody who invested in her to make sure she grabbed it, um, because she wasn't getting it at church. She wasn't getting it in with Eli. Now, not to say that they did not have a place where they could worship the Lord in their in their hometown not to say there wasn't a, a place where they were gathering together and they had a, a part of part of the scriptures at the house I really don't I really don't know the bible doesn't ever teach us about you know what they had at home per se but she grabbed it somewhere And, uh, you know, and that's the thing as well that it can teach to me, it teaches me is that no matter how dark things are spiritually or how dark things are as a nation, it should never stop you from searching God and living for God. Because so many times I've heard people say, oh man, our nation is, oh, our churches or whatever. That doesn't change what you do. That doesn't change how God can work in you, you know? Right? Right? Because it's an individual thing. God is, you know, Christianity what did they say? Christianity's uh, not a religion, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's a relationship. Christianity what? Did you say that again? is a relationship is a relationship with the Lord. So you have to have that. That's good. That's good. She did. she did. She absolutely. She absolutely did. And I don't know if Elkanah led the way. I mean it could have been Elkanah was uh, even Elkanah was the one that said, "Hey, hey, well, Because he went along with it and he was okay with Hannah giving that child up. There's no nowhere in the scripture that Han, that Elkanah says, "No, that's my child. That's my only boy." With you, we're not we are not giving that child up. There's nowhere in the scripture that that takes place. And so, you know, it makes you it had to have been both of them that were at least a little bit of the spiritual walk. You know, known the Lord. Right. He told her, "Whatever you wish." Right, right, all right. Follow the Lord. Follow the Lord. All right. Anybody else have any questions or thoughts? I I remember the night that that God called me to preach. I remember it like it was like it was yesterday. I had been I had been dealing with it in my life uh, for probably six months or longer. I really felt burdened to preach and uh, I, I just, I could not handle it no more. And I went forward on a Wednesday night. I don't, even, I don't even know what the preacher preached on. All I know is that I went forward on a Wednesday night and I, God's called me to preach. I, I need to preach. And uh, within a month, I was preaching my first sermon at a nursing home, and they kicked me out. no, i'm just kidding, but uh, I preached the first sermon at the nursing home or and and then I preached at Bible. there was a friend of mine that had a Bible club, and I preached at a bible club and and so it just it just you know it's all those things, but God has to put it on you a burden, a call of God is without repentance and that's exactly what took place. God called Samuel to be in that position, and God provided the way for him to be in that position. So, all right, any thoughts or questions? Amen. All right, let's pray. Lord, I love you. Thank you for tonight. I do thank you for allowing us to be in your house together. I pray that you will have been with us as we've reached out. We've.